Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. Today is a good episode because, number one, I get to drink a smoke beer. Number two, I didn't make it. So, number three, you know it's going to be great. And, in fact, it is. It's probably the king smoke beer. It's the Schlankerla Rauch beer, uh, the Meriton Browery Heller Bamberg. And uh, everybody knows this beer. This is the classic, classic uh, example smoke beer. So we're going to be drinking that today on the show and sort of doing commercial calibration, running through it, seeing what we like, what we don't like. You know, if we were going to brew this, how would we do it? Blah, blah, blah. All that other stuff. But first, we are going to be drinking yet another homebrew of mine. And this is the thing about me now. I'm a homebrewer again, everybody. I made a mild, a, an English mild ale a couple weeks ago. And it's great. It's beautiful. I love it. I tried it again. I used a little bit of the notes that... um that we uh, that you guys gave me for my ESB, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what, and uh, applied it here, and I think it it was a, a definite improvement. Even though it's not the same beer, I could definitely tell uh, the the effort was made to uh, to focus on a couple, two or three things. Yeah, like don't put gym socks in your beer. Well, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, uh, well, I mean, uh. I floated a turd in it. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys that until you drank it. But anyway, so we're going to get to that. But before we do, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. That's right. Go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn about the absolute best way to clean and sanitize your homebrewing equipment. And then while you're there, go to their homebrew club program. It's right up there off their website and sign up for it today. You will not be disappointed. You get uh, exclusive discounts off Five Star products. Sometimes you can even get free products from them. You get monthly educational seminars, and you can get free stuff from them as well. And, of course, with HomebrewCon coming up, what, two months? Something like that? Cooper, you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah late June. Don't forget to stop by if you're going to go, if you're going to brave HomebrewCon, which uh, I don't know why you would. Um, go, uh, go by the five-star booth. Say hi. Thank them personally for their support of the show. Tell them how much you really appreciate content like this because uh, – they're the reason we're here, everybody. So uh, thank you, Five Star, very, very much. Yeah. Use that stuff. It works. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Man, I bummed me out. I ran out of PBW the other day. I was uh, actually, when I was cleaning out my uh, my growlers to give you guys some of this beer, I ran out mm-hmm. of PBW. Forgot about oh, that. So I had to use some like off-brand stuff that I got way back with uh, Pico Brew shit oh yeah. god yeah and i'm like oh man i don't know so i like uh <laughs> so i didn't have any pbw so i used the whatever the hell i got and then um i let that soak for like double the time and then i used a little bit more star sand than i normally would mm-hmm. um and then you know really let that soak in a lot because i know that star sand will get the things it'll neutralize everything it might not it might not lift like pbw does it's not its job but it will sanitize. So I'm not, yeah. I wasn't worried about it, but I was a little like, oh, I feel a little smeggy right now giving these uh, things to you guys. But they're fine. I'm sure it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, who wants to start my praise machine? <laughs> 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 who wants to start the JP beer praise train? 
Well, right. first I'll thing, let you guys I, decide. I, I can, well, I don't know. Cooper, whatever you want to do, man. Go for it, Brian. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, JP, uh, thanks for this beer. Uh, are, are you in a homebrew club? No, man. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm t- I have two wolves inside of me, and they're both lone wolves. He runs. <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, the, the, he... one, the one you feed is the one that you get, but you feed the lone wolf because they're both lone wolves. Sure, man. Yeah. Te- technically, he owns a homebrew club. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, <laughs> no He's way. A part, part. Uh, no. Uh, manager. Nope. Not even that, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a cog mm-hmm. in the machine, just like you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you're you're a dapper Dan around town, is what you are. You're a man on your own. You know, sure. Kind of, uh, yeah. Free, 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 and easy. So, uh, bottle inspection. Well, it wasn't a bottle; it was a, a growler. And thank you for that. I need to give that back to you. As yeah, well I was going to say the other one. Yeah. Because uh, we're we're Brett Cooper and I are slowly sucking up all your small growlers here. Mm, yeah, uh, you are. It's a, it's a mild hiss on on the opening, which which is good. Okay, good. Uh, I was a little worried. Aroma, yeah. First thing I noticed was you were mentioning earlier there was a turd floating in there, and mm-hmm. I was like, I got that, I got that you know, enteric kind of fecal uh, thing. There you go. Uh, and that was no, no. I, there's no, no enteric, no, no fecal anything in this. <laughs> um, this was uh, low malt aroma, no apparent hop aroma. Uh, the malt aroma was kind of that classic. What I think of as the nutty aroma, uh, hmm. and it's. I think it's partly the malt and partly the British yeast. And sometimes the British styles will take that flavor, whether it's, you know, malt derived or yeast derived. And to me, just kind of push that up to, you know, 11, 12, 13. And at that point, to me, it's not pleasant. This beer, I mean, that nutty, when I think it was that nutty character, it was just at the right level to be, be tasty and, uh, and to be, and to smell great. Uh, and to be you're really right where it needed to be. No off aromas, uh, 10 out of 12. Uh, appearance, 3 out of 3. Uh, medium head settles quickly. I poured this a while back, so yeah, uh, you're not getting uh, a huge... But, I mean, to me, that's that's low head, and that's persistence, what you're seeing in, in your glass there, JP. Yeah, I poured uh, this at the beginning of the last show. So this has been sitting here for about an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. Still got a little bit left, you know? And it's exactly. low carbonated, too. Yeah. And that's 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 wonderful. Uh, you know, it's clear, medium brown with reddish notes, three out of three. The uh, flavor initially, nutty malt with a hint of caramel. Uh, get some bread crust in there. Uh, not like a real dark bread or a real dark crust, but just more of a, you know, maybe medium toasty, lightly toasty bread crust. And toast is the wrong word, but, you know, maybe that that type of, character with a bread that's not like a rye bread or like a really you know mm-hmm. baked really hard bread but more of the like a medium love bond color on that crust if that makes any sense at all what i'm what i'm saying yeah uh you know there's low hot bitterness which uh balances in mid palate uh finish is clean long and balanced between the malt and the hops uh it's well attenuated no off flavors uh if at 16 out of 20 uh, uh, mouthfeel five out of five bodies, low carbonation is low, but it's not watery. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that's a thing that, uh, you know, sometimes you have a real low gravity beer, whether it's a mild or something else. And sometimes you have a low gravity beer that's even higher alcohol, higher gravity than a mild. Uh, and it'll come across watery because it it's just, there's not a lot there and everything gets attenuated out. This manages to have 
you know, th- this shouldn't have more than a low body, but a low body is, is body and it's not watery. And this is exactly what you want from the body, from something, this, this degree of alcohol and this, this, this gravity. Uh, it's creamy. There's no warming, no astringency. Again, five out of five. Overall impression, nine for a total of 43. Whoa! Which is ex- ex- excellent. Almost, almost outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm angling for Cooper's job. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm ang- angling to not have Cooper's job. Uh, this is really a wonderful beer. Uh, very flavorful and interesting, despite the fact that it's lo- low gravity. Uh you know, it's the attraction of these beers is that they're tasty yeah. and they smell great and they're they're good to drink. And you can you can drink them for hours with your friends at the pub and not be smashed and also enjoy it and not just be like, oh, God, I've got one more, you know, American light lager that's getting warm in front of me. Uh, you know, this is exactly what you want from the style, I think. So well done, man. Thank you for sharing. All right. Thanks. All right, Cooper. You're next. Well, Let's go. I, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but yeah, Brian's just flat out wrong. Oh man, <laughs> bummer, dude. Never would have thought. Yeah, I think uh, you, you, you came with the courtesy yeah. thirteen. Gotta go back to that. I uh, would love that. I would actually really, I would really appreciate that. <laughs> the most polarizing beer that you guys can't even get within seven points. Forty-eight and thirteen. Yeah. I just basically drew a picture of a turd on the score sheet, yeah. and I wrote uh, twelve on the bottom, and then I crossed it out and wrote thirteen just because I have to. Uh, uh, don't to judges don't actually do that. <laughs> Oh God! There will yeah. always be an asterisk by this score in the re- the record books. That's right. I, I I shouldn't say I was surprised because you you listen to us on the regular and you get all this good <laughs> advice all the time. You're like I knew I uh-huh. knew this day would come. Yes, you gave us a kick ass beer. Uh, in the nose, there's a light nutty quality. Agreed, agreed, right up front. Um, also, by the way, the growler you gave me your rare barrel, you know, the founders edition. Uh, that's the oh, that's the original one too for the first edition. You, before they had the handle on it, yeah. Really rad growler, and you're no, this one has the handle on it. But uh, oh, that's right. Know, no, they took the yeah. handle off because people were breaking it. That's right. But that is the I, first year they they did that. So don't lose I like, it. Yeah, I like the handle, and I'm yeah. You're not yeah. getting this back. I won't lose it. I'll just keep it. Forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll lose it. Okay, got it. <laughs> no, I'll get you your growlers back. Of course yeah. you will. I know where uh, you live. I know where you live. <laughs> I'll give you a bunch of growlers while I'm at it too. I'll just give you a case. Oh of those. God, please I, don't. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I probably have some for you too, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, low clean uh, uh, chocolateiness up there with the nuttiness. Um, very faint earthy hop. You know, it doesn't have to have any hop, but a little bit sometimes can help add some balance. Esters are low and in check, not invading the flavor profile. You shouldn't be too fruity on this one. But a little English East character with the fermentation that it went through, it's fine. Uh, no diacetyl or DMS. It's very clean and inviting. No alcohol poking through, nothing weird. Appearance-wise, it's a rich brown color. It appears to have good clarity as viewed at, you know, well, as I'm looking at it with the light here, I can see through it better. It's very clear, actually. Um, actually. Not just at the, yeah. Well, eh. I didn't. I couldn't see it earlier where I was sitting. I'm just messing just, with you, man. Yeah. Mm. 
low, uh, had a low, well-formed head of creamy, light tan bubbles. They persevere nonetheless, uh, despite the low, you know, assumed low carbonation level. Um, the beer really does also coat the glass as it goes down and, you know, it's coated it kind of all the way down as I was tasting it. And I did drink the whole sample. Uh, Flavor-wise, it's malt balanced with a nutty, lightly chocolatey uh, um balance i guess to it and fairly fairly um well very clean faintly uh roasty in there it's just a good mix of really uh you know interesting malt characters to deliver hey there's a substantial amount of malt in here but nothing's like poking through really sharply just that you know primarily nutty little chocolate little very faint roast but not in a harsh way. Uh, just a good mix. Bitterness is low to style. The chocolate lingers in the aftertaste. Kind of warm, warm chocolate, hot chocolate, you know. Low earthy hop, not very fruity. Uh, has a semi-dry finish that suits the beer well. Some of these can be on the sweeter side. This one's not, I wouldn't call it, you know, medium sweet or semi-sweet. It's just like, and it's not bone dry. It's just kind of semi-dry. Um, I, I agree with Brian here too. It's not watery in the mouthfeel or the, the flavor doesn't come across as just, yeah, this is just a, a little malt mixed with water and, you know, just not, not enough of it. Uh, there's enough there to keep it interesting and, and, uh, keep you wanting another sip, uh, clean ale fermentation, no defects noted there. Um, yeah, 16 out of 20 for flavor, full points appearance. Uh, Yeah. Mouthfeel-wise, medium light-bodied with medium low CO2. Uh, it's not too much for the style, but I'd say it's probably toward the edge. Like, you, you know, you might have pushed up the carbonation to make sure it had some in there. Yeah, that's exactly um, what happened, yeah. Because <clears throat> I keep it about eight, which works yeah. pretty well for my system. And then, um, yeah, I think I bumped it to like 15 for about an hour while the um, I let the uh, – because those growlers are ceramic – so I let those mm-hmm. hang out in the fridge so they could like warm because they were yeah. you know warm right or room temperature mm-hmm. so let them cool down a little bit so um yeah and then I think even Cooper you got the second I think that's the second I forget which one was the first one okay second. but anyway um so yeah I definitely uh, I definitely upped it so I made sure that there was enough you know carbonation because I didn't want it to be yeah like, you yeah, don't want to lose too that flat. in packaging for, yeah. for the, the competition beer yeah so yeah good job there um. Uh, so yeah, it's uh on uh no warmth, obviously. Um there's some you know some creamy asteroids low, it's not biting, harsh or stringent at all. It's actually really quite smooth. Um and again, not watery or just too light. Feels you know substantial enough. Um uh, yeah, overall it's a very well crafted dark mild ale with a good multi-presence. Then a fairly dry finish. Uh, it all plays well together. You know, it could also play nicely with just a hint more sweetness and a, and a touch less car, uh, CO2. Uh, but I would say there's no need to increase the malt complexity. What you have here, you've done a nice job with it for such a delicate beer. I scored it a 41. We didn't, yeah, we didn't adjust our scores. That's just where we landed. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate it. You both can continue being on the show. yeah cool i know i I appreciate this is this was fun to do and so what i did and i'll get through the recipe in a second but 
the adjustment that I made was I took what you guys are saying about the ESB and that it wasn't really the, the yeast, um, which is the West Yorkshire ale yeast, wasn't no. really fruity enough or there wasn't really a whole lot of yeast character. And I thought uh, you guys thought that maybe I fermented a little too cold. So this one, I, I was sure to ferment at like 70, 68, 70, something like that, instead of like 64. And I think it really helped. There is definitely a, a more robust character to the beer than, uh, than you know, was in the ESB. So um, that's basically what I did. Well, I think every degree, sometimes you get like, a you know, a multiple increase of, you know, like sometimes tenfold more esters yeah. or something. You can go each, too far with it. Each couple of degrees. So, yeah, don't go too crazy with that. Yeah. That was a good a good place to take it, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. So the recipe, very simple. And honestly, it's um, brewing classic styles, mild ale. So if you have that, wow. you don't have to listen to me prattle on. It's um, a recipe. Yeah, it's uh, 84.8% uh, pale two-row malt, which is uh, Golden Promise. Uh, 6.1% uh, crystal 60. Okay, so here's the problem. My, um, I use British crystal. I think it's 50-60 from more beer, but I don't want to sit and fucking put it into Beersmith, so I just put crystal 60. So anyway, 6.1%, 50-60. 4.5% uh, crystal 120. Um, and then 3% ch- uh, pale chocolate malt. And 1.5% uh, black patent. This really, tiny, you tiny put black bit. patent in here. I didn't. Wa- I didn't want to do it. Why? Why'd you do it then? Because that's what the recipe said. Okay. And that's the only reason. I I don't yeah. like that, but you know, and and it came out pretty pretty good. That's part of what gives it that that, that faintly you know smoke not smoky but the roastiness there mm-hmm. in, inside yeah. that inside that beer. Yeah. Without it, I think it would be it wouldn't be as good. Yeah, I think what I would do... Oh, there's a secret ingredient, too. Ah! So you guys know I make chocolate at home, right? Yes. And so what I did is... I've talked about this on the show, but sometimes I'll get I'll get uh, the beans, the chocolate beans, and I'll shell them myself because it's cheaper and it's something fun to do. It's like my fidget spinner. Um, I'll sit and just, like, pry the shell off. And they're, like, papery, you know, shells. You smell them, and they smell... Uh, I do want to culture yeast off them because I think there's got to be some bacteria on there that smells great because they ferment these fucking things, right? Um, and, and the shells smell chocolatey, cocoa powder, but they also smell kind of like a sour beer. They smell very tart. Um, so I've, I, I took a, a two handfuls of those and I put them on top of the sparge on the last like five minutes of the sparge. Ah. And and playing with very these, interesting, yeah. And playing with these <laughs> shells before, like I, I use them in, in, in on top of my coffee. I do the same thing in my coffee sometimes, um, and I find that they highlight the chocolate parts, the cocoa parts of like my coffee, um, but they apply this sort of bright tart fruitness as well. And I think that's what's going on here, where I think it's it's maybe there's a more perception of dryness. Because there is there is a, a a tart aspect to it, but it I think it imparts a, a, a difficult to pin down flavor that I kind of like. It's kind of complex, and, and I know it's impossible to know what I'm talking about because you guys have never had this before. But next time I see you, I'll I'll throw you some of these, and you people just make tea with them. You know, just like put them in boiling water for like five minutes, and then drink the tea, and it tastes like but it was cocoa yeah. tea. It's good. It was just a handful, though, in a, in a in five gallon batch. Yeah, it was like two handfuls. It wasn't much because I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to overpower it 
because yeah. you can also go too far with it, and then it tastes sort of like pu'ur tea, sort of like forced floor, kind of yeah. funky, and uh, you don't really yeah. want it. But it's a little bit go heavy because, but yeah, it's chances are it didn't do too much, but it might yes. be adding a little bit of complexity, right? And that's what I don't know. That's for me is impossible to know. You have no idea, right? Unless you just do it again. But even then, remember the same recipe without the stuff in there. It, it, recipe variation. I mean, you know what I mean. What, what's you know? Anyway, so that's my secret ingredient, um, and I've always wanted to do that, and I finally did, and it was cool. And then anyway, to finish off um, hops is one ounce of EKG. Uh, for 60 minutes, that's it. Right. Interesting. So now, um, Jamil's going to have to change his, his uh, recipe in the book when he issues the second edition of Brewing Classic mm, Styles. That's right. Because of JP's edition yeah. of The Secret Ingredient. What, uh, what, what degree crystal did you say you used? Oh, man. I knew you were going to ask me that. I forget. I think it's mm. uh, 5060, British 5060. Okay. And then... Um, I th- but you only had 60, you said, I thought. No, and then I had I had a 120 in there, too, but I can't remember if I used just, like, the American 120. I think I must have. Yeah, yeah. So British 50, 60, and then of, 120. So that's more like caramel is down, like, around 30, right? I think so, yeah. And like, yeah, yeah I, caramel I, malt and crystal malt are different. Right. Yeah. But, I, but it different in Love a Bond. But yeah. I, I think what's nice about picking that level of crystal is that you kind of maybe we're on the edge of caramel. And I think it would be a hint of caramel in this, mm-hmm. but it's also not that high love bond crystal that comes off super raisiny, which yeah. would be, I think in, inappropriate in this, it would get, it would be raisiny dominated. And I don't think it would have been nearly as good. I think that was a good choice for a selection of, of a, of a crystal malt. Thanks. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I didn't want that raisiny thing. I mean, that crystal no. 60 is only, it's eight ounces or no crystal 120 is six right. ounces. And that, that 120 right. that that's where I think you can get, you can run into that problem. But, um, right. you know, I didn't really, um, yeah. And that's, I sort of steer away from the American crystals because of that, because exactly. they can, they can be more raisiny than, than not the British at least. And I wonder if it's just that range, you know, 50, 60. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and just in and yeah. of itself I'm is great. I'm sure that like, yeah, bin, binning the grains and you know, that's that, That's yeah. fraught with fraught with, I, I'm sure it's not precisely. I mean, you're getting grain that's X, X degrees love I guarantee you not every single kernel of that grain is, oh, no, is that not. exactly 160 or 120 or whatever. Right. You're getting like an average around, uh, around a median, uh, yeah. you're getting you're yeah. getting something that's centered on a median that's that number right uh which is why i think picking something like 50 or 60 is good and going light on that higher crystal is good because mm-hmm. yeah ra- raisiny i think can be a great flavor in a bigger beer yeah in a smaller beer it can just become so overwhelming that it doesn't add complexity it just makes everything you know raisiny and kind of weird tasting yeah, well, the the spear can have a little bit of raisiny or licorice. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. plum, oh yeah, but it shouldn't be overpowering. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And and I do like a sort of middle of the road, you know, dark mild. I, I think what I would do next time, um, you know, all deference to Jamil, but I would I would increase the pale chocolate. I mean, it's four ounces. I would probably go five because I really like it. Um, and you know, maybe I would bump the. I don't know. I hesitate to say like. Uh, bump the base malt up a little bit because it's already, I think it's like four and a half percent. I don't really want to go too high. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. 
would be, I, yeah. I think I would want I, I don't want it to finish as dry as it did. I mean it was like ten ten or ten twelve or something like that. It's only like a ten forty five starting gravity. So it's not like that much, but I wanna I wanna try to figure out how to kill it sooner. I don't want yeah. it, I don't want I don't want it to go below 1010 10 or 1012 I think would be sort of my my limit on that. So how do you do that? How do you how do you stop a ferment? If I have this in mind, I want this I want 4.5%, 4.1% ABV finish at 1012. How do you when do you stop it? How do you do that as a home brewer? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to want to sorbate it and sulfite it or something you know yeah. it's that's just going to be weird uh you can you can stop a fermentation in a mead um you just crash it you just like take a take a reading and go okay that's what it is and then just slam it down yeah but you might have some diacetyl left in it that didn't get reabsorbed too right, like you yeah. kind of want to let it finish out um so how how know, would i ride this line if i what would you recommend i do now that you know what i w- would want in a beer i want a little you, bit more <clears throat> a little bit more oomph out of it maybe using just on the lighter side of the ideal pitch for it not you know not like lightening up so much that you get a sluggish fermentation but the yeast isn't going to have a real big challenge here anyway right so if your pitch was like a you know over pitch then it probably is going to dry out towards that 1008 side and it was just it, um, a white yeast smack pack yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I don't fuck with starters Those, anymore, man. That's that's just, fucking yeah. no, man. I don't want to do it. Take it out of the fridge and smack it, you know, right when you're, you know, you have an hour left to pitch okay. it or something. Okay. I, don't know. I see what you're saying. You'll you'll have plenty of cells for for that five gallon batch, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe stress so like it 10, a little bit or something. 30, not stress it, but you know, you want to take well, care of the yeast yeah. and pitch it as as it, you know, at the right at the same temperature as the beer as best possible you you know but uh i mean is it is it just bumping up the specialty malts the non-fermentables a little bit because i'll but then i don't want to throw the the yeah the flavors out of whack you could use a little dextrin malt perhaps but Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a trick yeah i mean dextrin malt is i i don't know i i've if people use it and they like it i don't think it's necessarily bad i but i think when brian when you talk about a, a trick that might be uh yeah maybe a good characterization of that yeah um you can you can back sweeten a beer by adding you know so, you know stuff back in i guess yeah, but, i don't want to do that you don't really want to do that either hmm okay I don't know. well you know what it's, it's I'll, hard. yeah i'll figure it out um um yeah i don't know i don't know what to do but i'm going to try it again and uh, i'm going to try it without the uh the shells in because I really do think that there is some impression of a dryness there that I don't want. Yeah. What was the yeast again? The West Yorkshire, uh, y, uh, okay. y yeast West Yorkshire. Apparently Jamil's yeah. go-to English uh, ale yeast. You won't use okay. anything else. So if you read the books and you go, oh, it says WLP002, that's not it anymore. It's West Yorkshire yeah. dye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well... Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I have no questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> you could you could make a batch with the O2 and see what happens, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I could, I but know. at this point, you know, I don't know, man. Um, this this yeast character is, is good. I think it's great. Yeah, it, it, it tastes good. I'm yeah. super happy with it. Um, if I never had to to make a change out of this, I would I would be totally fine with it. I do think it's a little dry. Um, so I'll see if I can tweak it out and, and, and brew it again. You should no, you should enter this in a competition. We'll bring you mm. bottles if you 
Yeah, well, yeah. I can buy bottles. I'm not an invalid. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> when's the deadline for NHC, man? I'll brew it again. You I don't keep... care. I brewed it on February 13th, for God's oh, you're, sakes. You're, you're past that now, but oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, there you go. There are I other mean, competitions coming up. I don't need another certificate anyways, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could. I don't know. I sort of feel <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. If it's a cool one, I'll enter it. Like, you know what I mean? If you get a, <laughs> if you get a cool prize. Anyway, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to drink a, a better beer than probably uh, either three of us can brew. Schlinker lot. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than GrogTag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are back here, and we have the Schlinker Law. It, Brian, is, you're you're the German guy. What? Read the label. Eicht Schlinker Law Rauchbier. Okay, yeah. The proper oh, please, way to please please let one of us please let both of us say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want me to say it in American German or German German? I don't know, man. You can do it French, <laughs> Cambodian German for all I know. <laughs> yeah, it is the Eicht. Schlenkerla Rauchbier, and the, the Merzen style. So the Merzen is the classic uh, Rauchbier style. Do, so. do, do you mean the Echt Schlenkerla? Echt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. We're all just sneezing now. Uh, what, what, is the, what does the top of the label say? Everyone who knows the label knows it's like um, sort of like a papyrus or like a script uh, yeah. thing. So um, what is that? Okay, it just it means it's expressly brewed by the Bavarian uh, purity law. The oh. Bayerischen Reinheitsgebot and Sprechengebrautes. They they brewed it 
explicitly to that law. So, yeah. It's funny because now that you mention it, it does say Reinheitsgebot, but they uh, it's hyphenated. So it's Reinheitz, yeah. and then Reinheitz. on the second line, it's Gerbot. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it just works better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I, I'm, there you go. I'm learning how to decipher labels. Uh, mm-hmm. I've poured this into, of course, two different glasses because I uh, I need help. And already, I just the oh, it's the smell of the smoke is overwhelming me. And I I love a good smoke beer. I will murder two or three people for a, a good mm. smoke beer. And I don't know what that is. Uh, it's very few people who like a smoke beer. I remember the, one of the first times I was talking to Stacy Meyer, uh, John Meyer's wife from uh, Rogue. Uh, she was like, yeah, people love our smoke beer so much where people will come in and order pitchers of it. Mm. A pitcher of smoke beer. And they'll just sit and fucking drink smoke beer all day. And I'm like, I need to be far away from these people. That's too much for me. You need to be me. right there in the middle of that. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's too much for me. But I love I love a good smoke beer. I, I, I love a good pumpkin beer, too, to be honest with you. So I'm really excited about this. Um, I can smell it. It smells so good in here right now. I, I want to back up for a second, and I went on to Google Translate, and if I type act into Google Translate, yeah. it comes out in English as, really? <laughs> so, oh, really like Schlinkerla really, smoke beer. Really Schlinkerla, or the okay. verb, the verb, no, I... the verb echten means to outlaw, proscribe, or ostracize. No. And it's, I can't believe that that's that's the context here. It's echt. It's real. It, it's yeah. it's really. genuine. Genuine. Yeah. Genuine. Oh. Okay. Oh, so that's the translation of really yes. comes across like means real. Like it's yeah. really it's really Schlenkerla, guys. That's cool, man. Yeah, okay. I love you do that. It on, on Saturday Night Live. It's really. <laughs> uh, uh, that's cool. Echt. It's echt. it's it's certified. It's it's really real. Yeah, no. no we're, if you're, we're, not, if you're, we're not we're not drunk. We're just having a good time saying yeah. this over and over and over again. Try yeah. it at home. It's fun. Just just say it. that's actually the most common usage of it. Because if you're talking to somebody, you're like, "Oh yeah, my 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 brother-in-law built uh, the space shuttle and and uh, flew flew to space." And you're like, "Act." It's like really. Oh yeah, he was he was the primary guy that did that. Yeah, for sure. Talking about it's awesome. I love this I beer, uh, Cooper. Let's let's dive into this. Tell me about this beer a little bit. It's the Merton specifically because they have a Hellas version, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. The Hellas is really fun, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's brewed in Bamberg, Germany, and uh, you know the Schlenkerla is you know they're they're working to preserve this tradition of of smoked beers in you know in Germany and in, in Bamberg, and it's um, you know the Malts, all malts used to be, you know, how else, you know, there was no drum kilning or, you know, they didn't have fancy techniques. You you had a fire and you got the malt, uh, you know, that had germinated, you know, you got it to a certain temper- temperature to to stop that process. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't know <laughs> a lot about how things were done away hundreds of years ago, but they made beer hundreds of years ago and they didn't have fancy uh you know kilning techniques like they do today so all beers were probably a little bit smoky probably a little bit tart and uh when they were fresh they were less tart but they always probably had a little bit of that uh that smoke character to them in um in the earlier days so yeah this is an old uh traditional kind of thing and this is flavors of 
flavors of food in general have had to be so fucking weird because of the same thing. I mean, you're talking about killing your, your malts. I mean, what about just cooking your food? You know, yeah. everything had, had right. a smoke flavor to it, or maybe not beech wood or intense or whatever, but still, it just, it seems like such a wild, almost sensory overload to think about the way food tasted way back in the day. It's like, yeah, when you get, when you yeah. eat enough smoked food, you know, foods like smoked meat, you start off like, wow, that's intense. But as you eat it, it's less yeah. and less. Yeah. And it's you won't even notice. More yeah, you, you, accustomed you get no, to it. Yeah. You get nose blind to the aroma and you get used to the flavor. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, so, this beer to me always smells like summer sausage. Speaking of that, and I like summer sausage, but when I ha- if I have two of these, like I'm not going to do that tonight because you know it's already nine thirty and I got stuff to do <laughs> in the morning. But yeah, right. if I had a, if I had the second one of this, I would. The second one does not taste as smoky as the first one, and that's right. maybe like JP was talking hmm. about, like people drinking a pitcher of smoked beer at Rogue. I mean. That first you know hour you're drinking it is going to be really smoky. By the time you're about three hours in, not because you're drunk, but because your tongue's gotten used to it, it's not going to taste as smoky. Yeah, even on uh, right on their on their website in the English version of their website, you know, it's the smoked beer is here at the brewery tavern, still being tapped directly from the wooden barrel mm-hmm. according to the old tradition. It's like this the used to be called the House of the Blue Lion in 1405. Mm. And it's run by a family in sixth generation today. But there's a little quote here that says, even if the brew tastes somewhat strange at the first swallow, do not stop. (laughs) Because soon you will realize that your thirst will not decrease and your pleasure (laughs) will visibly increase. Oh, man. I need to see that in the German and read it. Yeah, Yeah, because it's... Oh, my God, yes. It it sounds very Japanese translated for some reason, where there's a lot of... It's a lot of, like, emotion in the thing. You don't think of German... The German language is, like, caring about how much pleasure you're going to be receiving or whatever. Maybe They're they're not. uh, They're saying, like, don't ask questions. Just drink it. Drink it! Don't stop. It'll be better later. Just drink it now. That's, that's what they're telling you. It's yeah. funny because I, I reached out to them one, years ago, I think when we were doing, what the fuck was it? I think it was a smoke beer brew thing or something we were doing on the session. What, what were we doing back then? It was like the, the brewcaster brew off or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember. And so I reached out a little bit about their smoke, you know, beer. And they were they they sort of gave me the recipe for, for their marriage, but not really. And they're like, look, it's, it's going to be different because we smoke the malt. Yeah, in the house with a proprietary sort of thing, so we get a more intense flavor than other smoke malts. So you can't just, you know, if you go to the homebrew shop and you just, it's not going to be a one-to-one ratio of smoke malt of, from the homebrew store to to reenact the Schlinker Law method. It's entirely different. Because right, this is made with 100% smoked malt. There's no right. other like that's malt. Either. It's not, right. you know, a lot of smoked beer recipes you get, a lot of Ralph beer, it'll have a percentage of smoked malt along with some base malt to get to that nice, you know, so it doesn't get super bacony, sharp, harsh, too intensely campfire you know, like sitting right next to the campfire and inhaling the fumes. Yeah, it's know. not that. It's not It's not that at all. But it, and what, what's nice about this beer is that there are levels to it. The way that they smoke their beer, and then you know, for this for this Meriton, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe they have some other malts, or maybe they just boil it and you know get those Maillard reactions or whatever. But there's something no, about how the smoke is layered in this beer that is it's not up front, and you get some you know domestic uh, you know craft beer smoke beers where it's like oh this is campfire, 
because people yeah. don't really understand the subtleties about smoke malt. Yeah. But these people have been doing it since what? 1600s? They know what the fuck's going yeah. on. Yeah. So it's, good. Well, yeah. So the the there are definitely, you know, some specialty type malts in this. Their Hellas is just going to be a, like a, you know, a pills malt probably kind of thing or, you know, it's, it's definitely just lighter, cleaner malts. This has some amber colored malts in it. I'm not sure. Uh, what, well, you got the recipe, JP. You said you talked to I them. I did. You know what? Let me try to find it. <laughs> Let me try. Maybe, you know, I may have changed. Or at least what they told you. Yeah. Yeah. I may have um, changed in my head what they actually told me. And then now I'm going, oh, well, but, I know the fucking whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think this is probably brewed with a Vienna or, or Munich type malt, uh, you know, from their malting procedure. And they would kill it at similar temperatures. I mean, they're they're right there and, you know. In Germany, they they know how Munich malt is made, and uh, they can make a Märzen and make it malter. This is a, you know, it's it's darker than your typical Märzen, I would think. Uh, but you know, it has a nice. The head is is lasting very well. Um, but yeah, as you taste it, you do you do get accustomed to that. Here it is, uh, flavor. Uh, okay, de- dear Mr. Petros, thank you for this. Was back in 2014 motherfuckers yeah. so what do you think of that it's almost nine years nine years ago uh nice. april 23rd we're actually coming up on the anniversary guys thank you for your interest in our iked schlinkerlaw rauk beer we use in fact 100 schlinkerlaw smoke malt made at the schlinkerlaw maltings which is different than the commercially available smoked malts and therefore has a different taste to achieve the schlinkerlaw merits and color with the standard commercial smoke malts you might want to include some roast malt and that's from matthias so what is he saying? Um, huh. What is he saying there? Do, do they saying, do they kiln their like some do they do they take the base malt, separate some off, kiln it darker to make the meriton, and then smoke it all at the same time? Is that what he's saying? Uh, I don't think that you would put no. I don't. You don't think so? So. In the in the guidelines, the ingredients it says Mertzen type grist with the addition of a sizable quantity of German Rauch malts, um, a beechwood smoked Vienna type malt. So the Rauch Rauch malts is Vienna type malt, but you would yeah. Um, now some breweries smoke their own malt, German lager yeast. Okay, the, that's yeah the malt. They uh, they also double decocked. Okay. Yep. Um, and that's it. Not all details on our recipe can be revealed. I hope for your understanding. <laughs> Look, Matthias at Schlinkerlaw, big fucking shouts out. He was like, I he was his like back and forth exchange and uh, trying to clarify. And yeah, and I said, uh, oh, I'm just thinking about using the Wireman smoke malt. And he goes, I don't really have any, you know, uh, history with that. So I, I don't know, but I think it will be less than there. ours. Their malt is different. Yeah. Their malt is well, different. Yeah. You know, yeah. So maybe they maybe they do use some darker malt to color. It's starting with a Vienna malt. It is on the darker side for a Merton. So maybe they're using uh yeah, a small, small percentage of a darker malt to color it. Can you like a, a dehusked, debittered malt, maybe. Oh yeah. Because I mean, can you get a color like a Merton from a double decoction? Well, the the double decoction might increase the the color a bit, but also you know, some classic, um, you know, like Czech pills is supposedly, right, decocted. So, you know, and they keep I that see. Very, yeah, okay. very light. I mean, that's a very good point. 
Yeah. Can, okay. can you imagine in Germany, like, and I kid because I love, and I, I, I preface it with this. Can you imagine double decocting in Germany? Like, yeah, but you must, but I do not want to do this. No, you must do this. It hurts. Yeah. And it will make you strong. And I can just imagine the, uh, yeah, you know, people lining up to help double decoct because you know it'll make you a uh, uh, you know big strong German guy. That's right, and thank God they right. do because this beer tastes amazing. So I have yeah. it, I have it in my two glasses. One is again straight wall. The other is this weird funky thing from uh, from uh, 2004 Vegas Homebrew Con, or actually <laughs> NHC. <laughs> this was probably. My second NHC, maybe third. And so it's like sort of like a nonic, like a 10-ounce nonic glass. 10-ounce nonic, the smoke in the flavor is is much more present than in the straight wall. So all these glasses, they do make a difference. And it depends on what style of glassware you're, you're, you have to what sort of sensory, um, I don't know, interaction you're going to get. It's very weird. So if you're ever drinking at home, anybody listening, and you don't like the beer or whatever, pour it in a different glass and see if that changes your perception of it. Or vice versa, if you do like it, see if you can find one of your weird glasses like I got, and uh, maybe you can hate it. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. You've been trying to say something for like an hour, and I keep interrupting mm. you. Oh, which one of us? <laughs> you. Okay. Yeah. No, Brian, there's no shortage of Brian Shaw opinions on this show. No. Well... Uh, they do talk about on their website, they have pretty detailed information about brewing, uh, the, uh, smoked beer. They show germination of the green malt. They show the malt house, um, the steeping and the, uh, the germination, the kilning. Now, in order to stop germination and stabilize the involved biochemical processes, the green malt must be dried, kilned. That is where the secret of the original Schlenkerlis smoke beer lies. A beechwood log fire underneath the kiln heats the air, and the smoke gives the malt its typically smoke, smoky flavor. Uh, is it Schlinkerla or is it Schlinkerla? How would you I say would it s- as a German? That's a good question. I'm not sure where the accent lies. I say Schlinkerla, but um, Schlinkerla, Schlinkerla, perhaps. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. All right. No, that's fine, man. Um. Just another dumb so question to ask. Yeah, there's only a couple breweries in the world that now nowadays only that smoke their own malt. So, uh, yeah, Schlenkerla and Spezial in Bamberg. So, uh, that's it. <laughs> um, and they show the grinding and the mashing, all that stuff. Oh, so they show the whole brew process. They got some good pictures on their website. You can take a a mini tour. I've never been to Bamberg. I, I sure would like to go and check it out there. But, um. Let's talk about the, the some of the flavors and aromas in the beer, you know, aside from just the the smooth smoke. And now that as we've taken several sips of it and become accustomed to the beer, uh, what are you getting in the nose there, Brian? Uh, summer sausage. <laughs> summer sausage. And I'm not, well, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but really not. I mean, that's when I, you first pour this beer, first thing I always get, out of and this is consistent year in year out with this this beer is sort of a note of summer sausage, and it takes a little while to have your nose get acclimated to that to get the the malt uh, other malt or hop aroma or anything else. I mean, in my opinion. So is the the smoke character 
subtle or strong or somewhere in between very strong and is it smoky woody or bacon like what what would you call it i would call it between smoky and bacon like it's not bacon it's summer sausage but it's not just smoke there's there's what i think of as a meaty component to it but not in the sense of like oh god those bacon beers people tried to make like 10 years ago with actual bacon never put meat in beer no, but it's no. there's uh, overrated man sorry bacon's no, good it's but it's overrated bacon. yeah may, maybe but you know the the thing i wouldn't call this bacony but it's maybe no. between meaty and uh and smoky if that makes like sense like an umami i get a woodiness yeah. in it though like it like smelling yeah. oh, a yeah. log like you know yeah, like, like the sometimes you get layers yeah like a prickly sensation when you smell uh, like a like a bright wood being burned on a fire it's definitely not meat smoke it's yeah. not like a hickory smoke or it's not right. a sweet smoke it's a very uh bright a, a, yeah. a, a bright yeah, smoke. Like, like it, when someone just puts a log on a, a roaring fire and they just put a fresh new log on there and you get that sort of charge of new smoke and yeah. with a sap and whatever that's kind of what that smells like to me yeah not well, not not that not that you not that i have a log not in the sense that you think that i said that i have a log <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's and it's it's weird because there is a there's a depth of character in that smoke too some of these well, other think, smoke yeah. malts are sort of like one dimensional, whatever, but there is a, it, it is, it is, it's like a live scent. It is like you're at a fire and it's like you said, Brian, it's, you put, you just put a log on um, and there's the old wood burning and the new smell and the brightness and it pops up and whatever. It's very complex. It's a very complex well, yeah. smell. I don't yes. want people to get the, the sense that it's too sharply smoky and harsh it's not it's really actually smooth underneath and that the beechwood <clears throat> the beechwood fires that they use to kiln this i think it produces a less um stringent biting like harsh smoke than you would get from something like an oak they actually have an eiche uh beer that is it is the, the oak version of this and it's a different animal and i've had it and it is much more intense than I, I don't care for it as much as I do for the beechwood smoked uh, version. So, you know, um, so you can get a little floral spicy hop in this. I'm not really able to detect any hop underneath all the smoke that's here, but I'm sure there, there likely is some hop there, here. Yeah, there has to be. Their website is rad. Um, and so I'm on it right now and there's a picture of all these uh, cords of, of beechwood, you know, uh, half split logs or whatever. And underneath it says loggering of beechwood logs. I'm like, fuck, that's the most German sentence in the entire universe. I don't know. Loggering of beechwood. <laughs> because I mean, that's what it is, right? It's aging of the, of the logs. They don't mean <laughs> loggering in the sense that we mean it, but it's like, I don't know, man, yeah. just those two sort of like the cultures clashing in translation I like it. I don't know. It's very uh, cool. Uh, yeah. The German verb, uh, verb lagern just means to store. It's, that's all it means. So you're, you're storing, you're aging the, you know, the logs or the beer. Uh, let's age everything and do right. Yeah. Do this right. Um, God, I want to go here. Oh my so this, God. Yeah. This beer can range from, you know, let's do a, tr- a Dr. Homebrew trip. I'll go deep amber to come. Oh, yeah. Brown range. Um, uh, the head's actually pretty impressive. It sticks around cream. You know, this one's kind of a light tan color. Uh, you get a little, you know, kind of a cream color to a rich, rich tan 
head. Um, and again, it says, even in the guidelines, it says it's often a little darker than the underlying merits and style. Um, Flavor-wise, you know, generally follows what, you, what we're talking about in aroma. It's a blend of smoke and malt. And, um, you know, you should get some of both. Sometimes the smoke wins, um, you know. But I would say, too, like, you want to look at the quality of the smoke. And sometimes if you get, like, you wouldn't put a, if you're making a classic Meritzen, I think you'd just be ill-advised if you tried to use something like a cherry wood smoked malt or something really yeah, you yeah. Know, harsh or intense in that and blend it down to get just the right amount of smoke. The character of the smoke would be wrong because cherry wood is just more acrid and pungent to me. Uh, oak smoke is harsher too. The beechwood smoke, you have to have to have that. And there's, you know, I I doubt they release their malt into the wild and let people brew with it. If you could try to approximate this beer, uh, oh, it's probably hard. We should look at the brewing classic styles and see what Jamil did there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he went to Bamberg and got the real stuff. I would love to go to Bamberg one of these days, but that's not not possible for everyone, or you know, even something everyone wants to do. Uh, you know, it could be hard to drag your family to uh, uh, some place they've never heard of in Germany so you can drink smoked beer. <laughs> but no. still, that would be a thing I'd love to do. So, I mean, yeah, most of the flavor notes in this are about the smoke and the, you know, the fin- so finish wise is medium dry to dry. Let's the smoke character kind of come out over the top of that. Uh, and it sometimes also enhances that. I'm going to keep interrupting um, you, Cooper, because the more I dig on round on this page, the more I'm in love with his brand. And I've also had a few beers. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the website. It's they great. distill this beer. You can get distilled Schlinkerla schnapps, schnapps, uh, yeah. schnapps aged on smoke malt or just a half liter of schnapps. Like I, I would. Absolutely. Are you serious? Die. Yes, I would. Die. I would. I wouldn't die. I would kill. I would kill Brian Shaw for this beer. For this. Uh, for <laughs> for some of this. Uh, distilled I'd probably cow. kill me for some of that. That's... They they have <laughs> an oak smoked Doppelbach, uh, smoked wheat beer, smoked Bach beer, uh, a Lent beer which is smoked and unfiltered. They have a low alcohol beer. Uh, they have a pale lager. Uh, dude, they have. I, I just. I don't know. Sorry. I'm 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 fan okay. I'm fanboying over here and I yeah. I shouldn't be. Uh, if you go under under current news on their their front page, April twenty third, German Beer Day, celebration of the Bavarian Purity Law for beer, which was declared in, in uh, yeah uh, April twenty third, fifteen sixteen. Jesus, dude. Well, you know what? July twenty third, we should do something for our July yes. recording. July twenty third, oh, we went yes. there. Smoke could have it's okay. Smoke Beer Preservation Day. Yeah. When there apparently yeah, on, should... on the 23rd of July in 1635, the smirk, the first smoke-free malt drawing machine was patented. As a consequence, smoke-free beer became dominant all over the world. In That's the what 1600s. killed smoke beer. Yeah, yeah. is the smoke-free malt drawing machine. And the original smoke beer was turned into a rare, almost extinct speciality. Only in Bomberg, the traditional firekin was continuously preserved. Yeah, cool. So they, man. they really celebrate tradition. Uh, yeah. yeah, so on the April twenty third, you can go there, and that day they serve their pale Schlenkerla lager, especially unfiltered draft that day. So, as a special, we will serve this for you. And they got a great history of beer. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm closing this. I'm gonna stop because I'm 
never going to. Yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I, I need to. Uh, I'm looking through some of this with their links. Apparently, Bamberg is called Little Venice. And you can do like a Venice gondola tour through Bamberg uh, with the, the cause it's right on some river or some shit. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah, I, I need I need to ju- just it'll pay for us to go and generate like a bunch sure. of content. Oh, right? yeah, I'm sure. All right, Cooper, go <laughs> ahead. Let's continue. Uh, OK, um, no more interrupting. All right. So, yeah, so just the beer should be cleanly smoky. You don't want it to taste ham like or bacon like if you're yeah. making a, a Rauch beer. Um, you know, doesn't you don't want it to veer into this greasy range. Um, anything meat like it's it's gonna be a little too rough for it, but you know, rubbery, harsh, charred, acrid, you don't want any of that creosote, you know, just should be clean, smooth smoke. I have no idea how they do it to keep it so smooth, but um, yeah, it's a combination of the beech wood and the way they run that that filter the smoke through the the malt to do the heating that they need to do to kiln it and get it to, you know, stop the germination process. You know, it's, I mean, the style Rauch beer literally means smoke beer in German. And uh, there's not a whole lot of traditional ones anymore, you know, Spezial and uh, Schlinkerla, Schlinkerla, however you say it. Um, yeah, wow. That, I mean, that's interesting. The smokeless beer, dry, uh, smokeless malt drying machine in sixteen hundreds. I, I <laughs> and like, it's patented. I need to. I need to find out more about that. Given this that, is know, our I'm a, enemy, I'm a patent attorney. Yeah, yeah. Their enemy. They probably have like on their walls in the brewery like pictures of that machine with an. X uh, 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 you know, they're looking at these brands. Not to interrupt you further, but the uh, good beer store near my my old house. They have like two or three or four of these varieties of Schlenker Law, and I should g- grab some of those, and we can maybe do another show sometime, maybe in July, uh, and yeah. talk about maybe one of the loggers or the Urbach or something like that. It would be fun to get some of the Special or yeah. a com- you know, a good commercial uh, uh, American version of Ralph Beer. Yeah. You know, I wonder if like the House Stout in Redwood City, which is the German store that tends to have really fresh German beer that they fly the bottles in rather than put them in the containers uh, and take forever. They probably have, I'll, I'll maybe next time I'm over there, I'll try to uh, poke around and see what I can get for, for, for us. Yeah. Do that. Sounds good. Yeah. So this beer, it's a medium uh, strength beer, you know, 4.8 to 6%. Gravity starts 1050 to 1057 ish and finishes out 1012 to 1016. So what's that you ABV? Know, <clears throat> Uh, four, four, eight to six. God, well, it does. Oh, yeah. Okay, four, eight to. That's a big range. What is this? What's the Schlinker law? Five point one. It says five one. Yeah, that, this, that's, these, and that's what I love about this beer. It's so flavorful for five percent beer. Yeah, it, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna marry this beer. You know, like those people who like marry the Eiffel Tower and fucking shit like <laughs> that. That's gonna be me with uh, this beer. Yeah, I mean, this head. I mean, I just poured it, but look at that. God bless, man. It's pretty that's, crazy. Yeah. So, so what do we think about this beer as far as the being to style? I'm pretty sure that it's you right up there. Yeah. If you got a if you got a smoke beer like this in a competition, you'd you'd have to give it like a 45 or something or higher. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it, this it's would just, be like a 48. Yeah. Even, you know, it, it travels well because you know the malt is uh, it's not too delicate and there's no oxidation in here. It's going to turn it. Yeah. too gnarly this the, the smoke character stays clean i've had 
bottles of this that have been aged for quite a while and it tastes very close to the same because you know it's just you're lagering it in the bottle even longer and it's you know yeah i mean we we bought this what a month ago something like that it's been hand in our yeah. fridge this makes me want to go buy more and just kind of sit on it like i i love this beer the problem i have with smoke beer um and this one too to a certain extent is there is like a prickly it's hard to explain man but like you remember playing battleship where like every once in a while your your you know your your pad would be dotted with like you know misses from the person. It's like that. It's like mm-hmm. my palate gets sort of poked in certain places with the kind of spikiness of of the of the malt, and sometimes it's not great. And I wonder if it's just uh, I, I want to find the right glassware for this, and I, I want to use like their wheat beer glass that they have, and maybe that's maybe that's it, but. Mm. I don't know. That's I, I will say that is a thing that I have with with this beer, where sometimes a little pokey, um, but that Merton underneath has to be solid to make this work. You know, you can't just smoke anything and be like, oh, it's the fucking best beer ever. Like the base yeah. beer in and of itself has to be on point. Yes, and it is. Yep. It's a great yeah, beer. They know what they're doing there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We're gonna wrap it up and. Um, all that kind of funky stuff. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Now back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around. Sorry, Cooper. I cut you off once again, but I'm sure you had... Uh, all intentions of letting me do that. No, that's cool. Something like that. Uh, so we, yeah, go ahead. Well, the smoke beer is is fun to taste, and I, I I'm glad we did this one. Finally, I almost feel like we did it before, but we probably have just had some home brewed smoked beers on here. Yes, I, I I tried to look back and see if we had done it before, but uh, I've done it in a number of my judging classes, and I've got a beer judging class coming up. We're doing a course. Uh, for the mad zymergists and um, getting a lot of our common instructors, but doing it over zoom this time, but this is one of the beers that will always break out for people like get this beer and let's taste it together. And it's a real eye opener. Some people love it. Some people aren't ready for it and (laughs) they may, you know, think they hate it, Mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes they come around and when I first had it. Wow. It's like, that's wow. Really? That's, that's a beer style. Okay. It's a beer that you have to, you, it's okay. Sort of like sour beers where you can't just judge it on the first sip. You got to go two or three. This, you got to wait until that smoke flavor sort of balances out in your mouth. I think you guys tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong, you you can't hit, you can't take it on the first hit or even the second. Like you, you got to go four or five, six sips in before everything balances out. And the, um, the Meriton underneath, comes through that rich malt comes through also and then the smoke becomes more of a background player than a foreground player right and i wonder too if you spend a couple of weeks in bamberg and if by the end is it like oh this tastes like beer just tastes like meritson yeah what what yeah what vinny would call it a a lupulin threshold shift for hops what would he call it for smoke you know what i mean Rauch creep. <laughs> yeah, Rauch creep, dude. There you go. That's there, would just, be, there would be a word in German that's like like, like 800 letters long. Yeah, with uh, mostly consonants. For, for that, yeah. The, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rauch creep, I think, just is the entire country of Germany. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. 
I don't know. I don't know any Germans. Yeah, great yeah. beer. And honestly, the more I drink it, like the sweeter it gets because that Meriton is becoming not more dominant, but uh, more present. Yeah, I'm tasting that the sweetness of the malt in there. Yeah, can but sometimes hops now. But sometimes on the exhale, that that smoke can sometimes accentuate the sweetness of yeah. the of the of the malt. And sometimes it's I'm gonna admit, as much as I love this beer, and I've been you know blah blahing for 20 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. not not great in in the sense that it's overwhelming sensory wise for me. It can be. Because I don't know if I can live off this beer. You know what I mean? I don't know if I can take a, yeah. a, a I don't know if I can share a picture with with you know two or three other dudes. Like I, I don't if, know if I could do that. If but, we were in Bamberg, we would have to. Well, I, but yeah. If we were yeah. in Bamberg, I would I would force it. But I, I also feel like there's more of a cultural um I I, I don't know. I don't want to say acceptance, but um lifeline where you have, you know, your pretzels or you you know, your other bar food, or you know, you can take a break and get something else to to cleanse your palate. I guess is what I'm saying. It's more integrated, I think. Where here, it's more of a novelty. Whenever a brewery has yeah. a smoke beer, it's like, oh, oh, sure, you know, why not? It's a one off. But I think there, I, I I would assume that it's more present and more prevalent than 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 not. And so it's maybe there's accoutrement to go with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like you go to certain parts of Belgium and, you know, France, you have farmhouse ales, you have your sours, and it's just a part of what they do there. I mean, they have other beers as well, but I mean, you know, you got to go to Westletter and it just, if you're going to Belgium, like you go, you know, I'm I'm not good at saying that one either, but, (laughs) um, you know, go to, the Flemish region, you gotta have those Flanders reds from the source at the, no, you know. I can, I'll skip that. That's all really? for you. That's more for you. Yeah, I don't like a Flanders okay. red, man. It's too, um, too sweet. I don't like them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, Ro- like these... Rodenbach, I can't stand it, dude. Can't do it. I'm like the well, one Ro- guy who. Roden- Rodenbach is, some, sometimes the Belgians, they back sweeten with uh, whatever they, you know, the saccharin or the uh, sucralose or whatever. Mm. And it can, it it can be a little overwhelming sometimes with some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not my thing, but you know, more for you guys. Right. Mm. Well, and you know, some of these styles are are dying out They They brought back, uh, you know, the Grotziski, the the Polish smoked beer. Yes. And that, you know, that's my lifeblood. I've seen some commercial, Grotziskis at, at at better beer bars and you know at Bottle Taps and Pleasanton they had had some brewed by East really? Brother in Richmond. Oh, that's right. And yeah, 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 yeah they yeah. they make a version of it, and it's the style died out for you know a good long time, and you know was revived and and it's an interesting style that was a regional specialty that died out. There are beers that have died out that we've never tasted that are you know. Just lost and probably lost the time, man. Yeah, lost the time. Yeah, yeah. this All one's right. still around, and for now, you know, I think it'll stay around for a good long while yet. Because it's been around since fourteen oh five. Like you know, you're not going to kill it. Mm. Yeah. you're not going to kill it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you want to join the fun, and by the fun, I mean send us beer to drink on the show. Email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And not just any beer. I mean, look, if you want to send us a bunch of commercial beer, that's fine. We'll sit and do... You know what? Actually, if you have access to, like, regional examples of any kind of style that either you want us to drink, uh, to kind of talk about, or that we haven't done, or whatever, 
Email brian at thebringnetwork.com. We'll definitely do that. But if you have homebrew that you want either help with or you want us to just judge in general or, hey, what category do I enter this in or how can I improve this or whatever, also email brian at thebringnetwork.com and he will get back to you for sure and we'll get you on the show and we'll drink whatever you send us as long as it's not drain cleaner. That is That goes to <laughs> Brian Shar. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah. yes. Yeah. My drains uh, need to be clean. What your drains need to be clean, right. Well, uh, you, got, you know yeah. so what's uh what's this thing we're doing next week brian there, there's a special thing for uh uh justin's putting together for us to do we're going to the studio again yeah you it's guys are going co- to this a couple, couple that- of weeks from now it's like it's the end of this month it's like in about two weeks yeah and i believe that he and chris graham from more beer uh both made uh, a beer or two on uh Bruzilla. i think perhaps for a more beer uh video and we're going to be... Uh, I think they're entering those. NHC is what they're doing. That, doing that's the, right. Yeah. They yeah. like to enter NHC together. So we're doing the yes. tasting notes on those uh, those beers, I guess. Yeah. So, so one be a lot of fun coming up. One's a pale and one's a doppelbox. So yeah, you boys will be in the studio. I will be safe and sound in my bubble at home. Uh, but you and Chris Graham and Jay will all be in the studio. Uh, and that'll be hard to manage the show, but I think we'll be fine. I think I'll do a great job. You could manage the show when we were at Club Doze and you were remote. So well, that's true. Man- yeah, you but should it's, be able to manage us. But that's my personality against everybody else. Like then, now it's going to be me and Jay head to head, mono. We no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that'll be cool, man. I, I, Cabeza, I'm excited about Cabeza, it. Yeah, um, I think that'll be yeah. neat. Yeah, I totally it, it'll be fun. Yeah, should be good listening. We'll see. Um, hopefully, good beer too. Well, hopefully, we'll see. You never know. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in again. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later.